Hi, this is Pete from Black Spiders, and you're listening to Jay Scott on The Hook. Um, keep listening, you'll hear more Black Spiders. Rock hard, rock heavy, keep safe, and be good to each other out there, okay? Everybody, welcome back to the Hook Rocks. I'm Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. It's now Black Friday. Everybody's out shopping, or at least some people are. I read an article this morning that uh, not a lot of people are out there looking for their deals at four o'clock in the morning and getting in fights over silly things. And most people are shopping online. I don't know if that's because of. What's been happening with uh, supply chain issues and pandemic, probably a mix of everything, but we're here for you the day after Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's coming out of food coma. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. If you're interested in music, check out pantheonpodcast.com. There's something for you, something that you might find interesting. I know I always mentioned frequently or every time we do an episode or almost every time the shout out loudcast with Tom and Zeus, my great friends who do a great kiss podcast, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Mistress Carrie out on the East coast and Vinny Apice, Carmen to peace with Ron and Esty on the hanging and banging. Of course, Baco on Cobras and fire. Don't forget to follow The Hook Rocks on every platform that has a podcast, whether it's Amazon, Spotify, Apple. We are there. All the new and old episodes of The Hook Rocks. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So whenever a new episode does drop, it goes right to your phone, helps your commute each day. will definitely help you out throughout the holidays as you're cruising from store to store, getting whatever uh, it'll make your holiday season so much more enjoyable. We are in the final stretch of 2021. We are heading into December, only a few days left here in November. Winter is upon us. The Christmas holidays are upon us, whether it's Christmas, whether it's New Year's, any holiday during that time. Hope you are enjoying it, spending it with family, or preparing to spend it with family. And as we look to 2022, 
We will be reflecting on the albums of 2021 and also the last quarter of 2021 coming up at the end of the month. You can also check out some previous episodes, done some great new music spotlights with Crooked Shapes, The Odd Even, Seven Stones, and Black Spiders, which just dropped Wednesday. Some other great episodes, too, as well, like the one with Ema Reynolds, the director of Songs from Wild Away, the Phil Lynott documentary. Go check that out. I know it's available on Amazon and other platforms for you to watch. It's a great documentary about the, the front man of Thin Lizzy and so much more. A complex guy with uh, a big, huge heart, a lot of empathy. Uh, so check that out. Emer did a great job on the film and I highly recommend it. We also touched on the streaming services proposing the lowest royalty rates in the history of music. That's an interesting interesting subject and uh, interesting conversation I had with Christy and Neagle. So check that out as well. And uh, we ended the month of October with a Live After Death album review and also the Boys from Into the Void, the Black Sabbath podcast, where we talked about the legacy of Black Sabbath. So check all those out. And we've got another great episode for you today. We did one of these back in July. And basically the goal of this is to expose music fans to the new generation of guitar heroes. And we did the Guitar Heroes of the New Generation, Volume 1, where we talked about John Notto from Dirty Honey Blake Allard from Joyous Wolf, and of course, Tyler Bryant from Tyler Bryant The Shakedown. And we broke it all down, and we heard from the interesting perspective of my son, my 16-year-old son, the Youth Rocks, and he's going to join us here again today. And we're going to talk about three more new guitar players, or guitar players that are have maybe been in the scene for a bit and they're now emerging with new bands or just new guitar players from new bands in general. And those are Justin Young from South of Eden and Nick Perry from Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves, as well as Jake Kiska from Greta Van Fleet. And here is the Youth Rocks. Without further ado, what's going on? What up, everybody? How you feeling? How you feeling since Thanksgiving? Oh, tired. Tired. Yeah. Did you eat enough? I ate more than enough. More than enough. Did you eat a lot? Yeah, you know. Had a, had a turkey leg and some stuffing. What was your favorite thing? Um, Probably uh, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes or the turkey. What about the They're stuffing? always the go-to. Stuffing's good. Stuffing's what about, gram- what about good. grandma's stuffing? It's good. It's always good. Everything's good. You asked me what's my favorite. I told you my favorite. Now you're... St- <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What'd you? I made you breakfast this morning. Did you like that? Uh, it was okay. I made you. I made you scrambled eggs with cheese and sausage on cris, on a croissant. Like these great, eat, and, it, and it was okay. It was eh. Yeah, that's why I mean, it was. It was pretty good, but you know that's why they make it at Dunkin' Donuts. This is so much better than Dunkin' Donuts. What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Gonna have to do it more times. <sighs> What do you want for lunch? Uh, Jersey Mike subs. Are you paying for it? Why would I pay for it? I don't know. You have a lot of listed demands. And, Jersey uh, Mike subs. All right, let's get into it. Do you have a DoorDash account? No, I have a uh, Grubhub. Do you get this at school? 
Sometimes. You have the Grubhub guy come to your school? Sometimes. Is that yeah. even allowed? No, but I'm, I manage. How do you manage? Tell me the process. I walk across. The, I walk behind the school, behind the baseball fields. And since you're not allowed to order food on the school property, I go walk on the public street right next to the baseball field. And I wait there. And I give them a random ad- address for one of the houses on the street. And I tell the guy I'm going to be waiting out there in a hoodie or whatever. And he brings the Jersey Mike subs or whatever I ordered. And that way, I can still bring it into the school because it's an external, what do you call it, external uh, package. And not something you ordered directly to the school, which is not allowed. So, technically, I can bring that in. So, Do a lot of kids your age do this? I don't know. I don't really. It's a few of them do. So, how many times have you ordered Grubhub this past why, year? Why are you interrogating me? Because, well, I'm you're my son. I want to know when you're leaving school grounds. Uh, three or four times. Three or four times. All right. Okay. What stuff have you ordered? Jersey Mike subs and Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah, and Dairy Queen. What do you get from Dairy Queen? Blizzard. You get a blizzard? Yeah. Grub, do you know how much you're paying through Grubhub for a blizzard? You're paying like a markup of like 30%. No, I'm not. It's a small blizzard at Dairy Queen's $4. I pay plus shipping 9 bucks at the most. So that's an over for... F- that's not bad. Oh, God. 5 bucks for someone to bring it to me? That's not bad at all. Uh, I thought you didn't like Chipotle. I, all right, come on. Let's just get into it. Come on. I thought you didn't like Chipotle. I love Chipotle. Every time I order, every time I want to order Chipotle, because you want to get it every day. I don't want to eat Chipotle for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't order it for breakfast and lunch. Eh, all right, at least once a week, when you know, I'll get Chipotle. I'd rather get normal Mexican food. All right, well, check. You know, Chipotle's like Tex-Mex, but whatever. All right, who do you want to start with? Justin Young. Justin Young, the guitar player from South of Eden, formerly Black Coffee. Uh, tell me about your thoughts on Justin Young. Well, I discovered uh, them when they were Black Coffee. Uh, they released Take One. That's their original album with Black Coffee before they changed their name to South of Eden, and that was released in 2018. Wow. And I've been a fan ever since that. And. I, did they change their name in 2019 or 2020? I think it was 2020. I think what happened was was there was a, there was a band with another name or they had trademarked. No, they uh, there was another band that wasn't a rock band. I think it was like a jazz or funk band that uh, had trademarked Black Coffee, and that's why they had to change the name. Yeah, well, nonetheless, South of Union is still a good name, and they're still living up to it. So, after they changed their name, they released an EP later that year called The Talk. Yeah, great, great EP. And you know, every it's it's quite an interesting EP. I mean, every song sounds doesn't really sound the same. It's relatively different from each other. Has a different groove to it. But in Justin's playing, I hear a lot of uh, mainly a lot of heavy and chunky tone that resembles an Eddie Van Halen. And I think he he he's very heavily influenced from Eddie, and we can obviously hear that. In some of the songs, like Dancing with Fire. Well, he uses a lot of his gear, too, yeah. right? Yeah, he uses the amp head, you know, the, the stocks and the cabinets. He also uses, I don't know if he which pedals he uses exactly, but he has a few, you know, uh, 
EVH pedals. But mainly what, why you can hear that tone is his guitar, because you know what guitar he has, right? He has a Wolfgang guitar. Mm-hmm. And that's the model Eddie made, what, back in the late 90s or something? And I think that plays a huge role in how he makes you know, the tone sound like Eddie Van Halen was, is the guitar, because I don't know if you ever played that guitar, probably not. But uh, when they have it at Guitar Center or other guitar shops temporarily, I picked it up and it sounds, you know, amazing. Amazing tone and amazing tone for an amazing guitar player. Has he ever talked about why he uses the, the Eddie Van Halen gear, the EVH gear? No, I'm not sure why. Okay. Just didn't know if he had he'd ever talked about why he uses that. What are some of the songs that you think highlight his playing well obviously the number one song is dancing with fire i mean i don't i i can't really think of another song that really has like all of justin's guitar playing aspects into one song and you know it starts off heavy and has that chunky tone heavy chunky tone resembles eddie van halen and then it gets into like a soft funky groovy part at the end of the guitar solo and during the guitar solo, it actually uh, sounds a lot like uh, slash phrasing, which is really cool and really interesting. So if you guys are interested in that, check out the song Dancing with Fire. What other songs? Uh, I like the song uh, Solo. That's kind of more of the funky one. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of their Black's Coffee stuff, like uh, I Barely Knew Her. That's a really good song. That's a really good yeah, song. Yeah, I Barely Knew Her and... Uh, and uh, going back to uh, Dancing with Fire, a song they actually wrote and released in 2018 off their Take One album when they were Black Coffee was a song called Psychedelic Red. And I actually hear a lot of that song in Dancing with Fire. And I think they fixed that song up a bit and made it a hundred times better than it already was. And they came out with Dancing with Fire. So that kind of resembles how they sort of matured and changed and kind of change their uh, writing style. So that that's really interesting. As far as, you know, when you hear his music and you hear him playing, um, what's a challenge to kind of emulate his style? Oh, uh, pretty much anything when he solos is just really hard to map out. And uh, he plays, the problem is he plays really fast. Really, really, like, insanely fast. You can even compare him to, you know, Eddie Van Halen or Randy Rhodes fast. He's this good. I mean, he went to music school in Berkeley. In Boston, yeah, yeah. Berkeley School of Music. Yeah, so, I mean, he's talented, and, you know, like every other talented guitarist out there, you're not going to learn that stuff with ease. You're not going to learn that stuff overnight. It's going to be a process learning that and playing that. And Justin Young is just one of those other guitar players that, you know, you have to take your time and really, you know, focus and learn some of the songs. You know, there's not going to be a lot of tabature. So listen to the songs and learn how to play them. Now, you follow South of Eden on Instagram and other social media platforms. Yep. You know, how, how interactive is, is Justin or the band with their fans? Uh, well, I mean, I, I suggest everyone to go follow their Instagram. I think they're most lively on their Instagram account. And because they're younger, you know, they're they're basically like kids, a few years older than me. 
But uh, their Instagram account is just amazing, amazingly done. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's got music. It has tour updates, show updates. You know, they post a picture of themselves before they go on stage. You know, it's really interactive. And not only that, but they also, you know, comment back to their fans and kind of interact with them in the comments whenever they uh, the fans comment something. So that's always important to have uh, when, you, you know, when you're talking to a band – you know, a thoughtful responses, you know, a lot of fans like that. So have you ever interacted with them? Oh uh, yeah. A few times I've, uh, I've commented on their post and, uh, I've watched some of their Instagram lives. They do, uh, sometimes they do Instagram lives when, you know, they just jam out or they're in the studio or they're doing an interview and I always tune in and watch. It's, you know, really interesting to, uh, to hear what they have to talk about. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm, of course, I'm familiar with the band. I've had Justin on the show. I've had Ehab on the show. Uh, I have that Black Coffee CD, and it's amazing. It's really raw. Um, I think there's a little bit more funkiness on the EP. There's a little bit more of a Red Hot Chili Pepper influence on the EP and some of the songs. But, the, you know, whether it's the song The Talk or, or Dancing with Fire or even um, Solo, it... Uh, Morning Brew is a great song, too, as well. Um, there's a little bit of a Prince, Red Hot Chili Peppers feel in, in, in a few areas of their songs, but you can definitely hear the Guns N' Roses, you can hear the Van Halen, you can hear a bit yeah, of ACDC. Yeah, the main, the main influences, I'd say, uh, Van Halen and, uh, and Guns N' Roses. But I do agree with you, they have a little bit of, they have a splash of Prince and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, you know, hopefully they do released this full-length album that I had thought through conversations I had was going to be released this year. Uh, they released their EP last year, and I think it was November or October of last year. And that was really supposed to be a kind of like a an introduction, a tease to who they were. And and nothing's happened since. And, and I, I think there's obviously, there's always a few reasons why sometimes that happens. 2021 has been the year of music uh, with so many great albums coming out. And with all of this great music coming out, sometimes it can be a challenge for a new band to, you know, get lost in the shuffle or kind of be forgotten about. Uh, And that's not what you want to happen, especially with the quality and the talent that's in South of Eden. You know, you want this band to flourish. You want this band to, to really, you know, give them, put them in a position to succeed um, I'm only speculating, so I don't know if that, that that's what happened. I don't know if they maybe decided to work on some new songs. That also could be it too as well, but I'm waiting. I'm I'm hoping that soon this album is released. And Yeah, I can't wait any longer. Yeah, we, we can't. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I really want to hear it. I really want to see this band flourish because I do believe once this full-length album is released, I 100% agree that, uh, or believe, I should say, that this band will be talked about. This band will be um, huge with young people, with with people in high kids in high school. Um, they've got a really great sound, a classic sound with a lot of modern elements to it. Um, you know, the the whole band as a whole really is special in terms of their music, in terms of their playing. Um, you know, Ehab has a tremendous voice. Justin Young is a fantastic guitar player. Great guys, too, as well. So hopefully we do get that coming in, in 2022. 
Yeah, looking forward to it. As far as, you know, his type of style, what what do you think, like, he really, um, I shouldn't say known for, but what do you believe really is, is part of his style? You've talked about Ben's before. You've talked about other things. What do you what do you look at when you when you hear him? Um, basically, the guitar riffs and sing, uh, the guitar riffs that he makes and plays and writes through the music is just amazing and iconic. You know, like going back to Dancing with Fire, a great riff, and some of the songs on the Black Coffee album, Take One, great riffs. I mean, they're amazing. They're hard and heavy. They're groovy, and they hook you into the song. So that by far is uh, Justin Young's, what should I say? Strengths? His, yeah, his number one strength is his riff writing ability. Yeah, he does write a really good hook. You know who, you mentioned Slash. Slash is really known for writing a really good hook, too, mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you know, with his style yeah. and everything. So I think there's a lot of influence from Slash into Justin. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, on that, too. Um, yeah, I, I, I love listening to him, too. I think he's a fantastic guitar player. I'm glad that, you know, someone your age and, and some of your friends are really interested in, in, in him, his playing, and in the band, too, as well, because I do think they're probably one of the next bands to be coming up that are really going to make a splash. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, they got to get out and tour, and they they got to spread their music through, you know, fans in the audience, and they got to, you know, have that physical interaction with their fans. I think that's that would be really important as well. Moving on to the next guitar player is someone that we've seen live. Great guy. Great dude. And uh, you introduced me to his album, Sun Via, last year. Yeah. Um, and I was blown away because it's really it has so many different styles. You know, you hear a lot of Floyd. You hear a lot of Beatles. There's even a little bit of reggae influence mm-hmm. on some of the songs. He's a very versatile guitar player. Um, love his tone too as well. We got a chance to see him open up for the Struts a couple months ago. Did not disappoint. Him and his band were just absolutely yeah. incredible. You know what the best part about that opening act was? <laughs> the fact that he was wearing like a, a twenty pound poncho and it was like blazing. What was in the Riviera? Yeah, the Riviera Theater. Yeah, it was blazing hot. He's wearing this like twenty pound poncho and he's playing guitar and running around the stage. That, who we are talking about, is Nick Perry from Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Yeah, Nick. Uh, and he used to be also, some people may know him from Silvertide Silver yeah, Silver as well. Tremendous guitar player, tremendous songwriter. What I remember most about him in his interview was how happy he was to kind of be in control of the music that he was making, where he didn't have to compromise his vision or what he wanted to do. Yeah, that's always important for an artist to do what they want to do and not really be held back by anything, whether that's other uh, bandmates or, you know, the record label, record companies. So that's always important for an artist to be free and uh, really do what he wants with his music and can make it the best he can. Well, when you are an artist, at some point, you know, you have a vision of what you hear, right? You hear in your head a song. And, you know, when you're called Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves and you're not part of another band, you really get to pursue that vision of what you're hearing, um, of, of, of what you want to sound like without compromise. You know, because when you're leading the show or you're leading the band, you know, they're taking direction from you. You are, the you know, the, the, the centerpiece of the band. 
you are you, your name is on the band. You know, when you're when you're compromising with three or four other musicians, you know, you've got to be a team player. Not to say that, you know, Nick doesn't want to do that. It's just he's at that point in his career where he has a sound that he wants to hear and wants to play. And he seemed very happy to be pursuing that, which is huge for an artist to do. Yeah, and moving forward, that's very important when he's releasing music because, you know, there's really no setbacks at that point. You know, he can release whatever he wants to release, and that's really important for his fans too, right, is getting the most out of Nick Perry and what Nick Perry wants to be releasing. So that's really important. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that this new album, because he's recording it, right? Yeah, right now. Right now. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, he takes the next step forward and becomes a really... You know, he explodes off the scene and really become really puts his name out there. And I think that's not too far of a No, no. I mean a, yeah. You know, whenever you whenever you write good music, you know, whether it's I Want You or Feeling Good off of his Sun Via album. I mean, those are those are two really strong songs. The whole album is like I said, it's a celebration mm-hmm. of music. But when you hear those that that, that songwriting ability and the musicianship that he has and the diversity that he has, I think the sky's the limit for Nick in yeah. terms of, of where he can go and what he can do. I think he's someone that, um, you know, may not be talked about, you know, with the new bands like a, like a Greta or a dirty honey or like a mammoth, but I think he's right there. I think he's, he's, uh, right on the cusp of being included in those conversations that people talk about when they talk, you know, when they say new emerging bands, yeah, and I, uh, I I totally agree with you there. And another thing I like to add on to that is uh, he's he can have a wide audience too, right? Because of his music yeah. is so diverse. You know, he can have. I'm not no offense to old people, but you know, old people can like his music. Young people can like his music. You know, headbangers can like his music, and you know, fans like the Struts can like their music. So. It's really important with a new artist and especially an artist who has full musical freedom and has full say on what he's releasing. So I'm really excited for his next album coming up. Yeah, me too. I, I think, you know, when you hear all these different styles in Sun Via, I mean, what was really cool was, you know, he could play a song like I Want You that's got a very Beatles, Tom Petty style to yeah. it. And then you hear Feeling Good, which has got like a really cool yeah, groove. Yeah, it's gritty too. Yeah. And the thing about that song is there's a lot of grittiness to it. And uh, it's really weird to hear Feeling Good go to I Want You. Because it's Feeling Good's like a gritty blues song with a heavy tone and kind of a crunchiness to it. But then the next song, I Want You, is really Tom Petty-esque and really, you know, like you said, the Beatles. So that's awesome. I like, I, I want to hear that when I listen to a new album is not just uh, copy and paste. I like a new format and, you know, new songwriting ability. And Nick Perry just hits that ball out of the park. So, and you also hear some Floyd too, in some songs too, as well. Yeah, like a like big song, David Gilmore influence. Uh, if you're a big Pink Floyd fan, check out the songs white noise and daughters and sons. Those are, those sounded, you know, like it could be on a Pink Floyd album, actually. There's a well, Daughters and Sons is your favorite song. Yeah, Daughters and Sons is incredible, incredible. And there's this all going back to his grittiness. 
There's an instrumental song called 501. I don't know if you've heard of that before, but it's just him, you know, fooling around with the guitar. And I think it, I, from what I've heard from, it's an improvisation. Because when I've watched his live videos, he always plays it differently and he puts new spins on his solo. So I think, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm correct on this one, but I believe 501's a little bit of a improvisation and it sounds incredible and rightfully so i think it should be one of his most popular songs what really struck me when we saw him in concert and i mentioned this in the review that i did of the show that we went to was kind of how comfortable he is with his playing mm-hmm. and you know how he connects with an audience you know like he's really comfortable in his shoes and he's really comfortable you know conveying his music and playing his music in front of people. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're new and you're the opener, you know, you, you do see a little bit of that, um, that newness, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that, that, I don't want to say, I don't want to say lack of confidence, but nervousness. nervousness. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think with him and I don't know, it might, might be because he is somewhat of a veteran cause he's been in other bands, but when we saw him with the struts, I just felt like he was a professional, he was a professional and he had complete command of what he wanted to do. Yeah, and and uh, a song that resembles that is actually a new one that he wrote and he played live. It's called Break Free. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that we're talking about how he has full control over his, you know, his writing style and his music and how he plays live and, uh, you know, his acts and stuff like that, it, that song basically resembles that, you know, it's called Break Free. And I'm super excited for that to get released, and it's kind of funny and interesting to be talking about it. And I just realized that's what that song is about. So. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I yeah, I, I cannot wait for more music from him because, really, you know, for me being a classic rock guy, and I also and I, and I love new music too as well. But I grew up in a different generation, and I have a a wide palette of music taste that I like. When I listen to Sun Via, it really checks a lot of boxes with me, you know, because you'll be listening to it and it, it's, it's, it's telling us, like I said, a celebration of music, but it, they all connect, right? They all kind of connect in some odd way, but they're all different. And if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And, and I, I highly recommend the album. It was released in 2019. 2020. Was it released yep. 2020? Really? Yep. Okay. It was my, I think it was my number f- three or four. You might be right on year. Yeah, you know, this whole year has been, these last couple of years, it's so hard to gauge time and everything. But, yeah, I, I mean, for, for that album to do what it did and have the confidence mm. as an artist, because a, a lot of artists, a lot of young artists are afraid to release that kind of an album because they're afraid of alienating someone who may like one song and may not like the others. I, I, I love that confidence he has where he's going to go after it and he's going to play the music that he wants to play and the songs that he believes in. I think that's really important. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's really going out and trying to be different from everyone else. I just think he's writing music and doing whatever he wants to do. Obviously, I mean, he's Nick Perry. He plays he plays with a V-neck and he wears a poncho. I mean, what's not to like about him? What's not what's not to like V neck and a poncho or a flying V? You mean? 
or uh, flying V, or yeah. yeah, flying V. Yeah, but he has a V neck on the poncho. That was funny though when we saw him at the Riviera. He even made a comment about it. He's yeah, he's like, so he's like it's so goddamn hot here. <laughs> I got a poncho on, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, he he's very um, spiritual too as well. I think that's where um, that style that persona comes from. I mean, if you follow him on social media, he. He does have uh, a unique spirituality um, with what he's trying to do with like nature and um, you know Native Americans, and I know he does touch on that a lot in, 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 in mm-hmm. posts that he does too as well. And you know, obviously with the album too, the you know, the title Sun Via, you know, very um, nature oriented, you know, organic oriented. Mm-hmm. So I do like how he explores that. Yeah, and not only that, uh, but the collaboration he does with other musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you saw that video with uh, Charlie Starr and Blackberry Smoke. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that uh, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool video. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Blackberry Smoke does that a lot with yeah. with with artists. They always like to jam with other people, and it was. I, I know he did a brief with tour Tyler with them. Bryant. Yeah, he, he did, did with Tyler with Ty- Bryant, yeah. and then when we saw them, they did something with Ida May. Yeah. Um, which was really cool. They also had Rick Nielsen come up the following night when I went with a friend of mine. But they like to do that, and I think that's that's really cool that a band likes to is not afraid to bring people up on stage. I know he did a brief tour with Blackberry Smoke. I wish they would do more of an extensive tour because that's such a great bill of Nick Perry and Blackberry Smoke. Nick, Nick Perry with anybody is a great yeah. bill. Yeah, and you know Charlie Starr is a heck of a guitar player too. To see so to see those two guys. Yeah. You know, up there playing, that's something special. I, I really did appreciate when they, when they did that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I know he's got the new album coming out in 2022. Um, I know, I don't know if it's been recorded and now being mixed or kind of maybe a little bit of both. But, you know, that's something, too, as well. You know, 2022, I think, is going to be just as good as 2021 in terms of music, in terms of what's coming out. Yeah, hopefully 2022 is just as good and 2023 is just as good as well. I think so. I think when you look at the cycle, right, bands need to be on tour to make money, to bring in money these days, and they didn't make a lot of money during the pandemic. So you're going to see a lot of bands that didn't release anything in 2021. I can think of at least 10 albums off the top of my head that I know are coming within the first four or five months. Mm -hmm. And then obviously there'll be other stuff coming out throughout the year. But then you look at 2023, and everyone that released an album this year more likely is going to release an album either at the end of 2022 and into 2023. So it's going to be a, a nice, I would, I think, for the next five years. It's well, we can hope. We we can hope that happens. It's come on, don't just hope. We believe can, you got to believe. Let's hope. I, I I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Well, I. We'll have this conversation soon, and we'll we'll be uh, we'll be talking again probably at the end of March, February, doing another one of these episodes, and we'll see where we're at with with new music because I'm really interested interested to see where things go. All right, uh, Jay Kiska, Jay Kiska from from, from Greta Van Fleet, Greta Van another Fleet. another guitar player that we've seen live together. I've seen him a couple more times than you have, but you know he's a guy that. Has it has a, a a familiar style, but also um, if you look at the music that they've been making, Greta Van Fleet, that is, you know, they've really started to grow as artists, especially on their 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 latest album. 
Yeah, and even though they changed from, uh, they got more. Uh, what would you say? More, more folk and progressive. I would say yeah, that's a good combination. Than their yeah. classic sound, and I think they did that in spite of. Everyone criticizing them for sounding, oh, they sound like Led Zeppelin. And I think they did that kind of to throw everyone off and put a spin on their music, which is cool. And not only that, but when they changed their sound and songwriting, Jake Kiska's guitar playing didn't really change that much. It didn't really change. And that's something I kind of enjoyed because especially on that first uh, debut album from The Fires, you can hear Jake Kiska's guitar playing and you can you can you know it's him playing right once you hear that first few notes you you know it's him and i don't think any other guitar player now has that ability besides tyler bryan and maybe john Nato. but you know jake kiska definitely hits that ball out of the park when sounding iconic yeah i i think he does have a uh like i said a classic sound but with a new kind of feel to it i know you know people have compared greta van fleet to Led Zeppelin. Um, you also hear some comparisons, especially on the singing side, to Getty Lee. Uh, you know, but I think the album that they released this past year—that was an album that they had to make. Yeah, they had to start that journey away from those comparisons. And of course, you know, there's going to be people that still make that comparison because they haven't really listened to the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they'll hear one song or a couple riffs and, oh, they still sound like Zeppelin. But if you listen to the whole album, yes, there are elements of it, but there's, the album is so much more than what people who, who want to say that. Uh, people who want to say that just don't want to give them any credit. But it's a fantastic album. It's, it's got elements of folk and blues. It's very progressive. The arrangements are fantastic. And when you think of a, of a band that is relatively young in years. I mean, they're in their early 20s. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Thinking back uh, in 2016 when they released Safari Song, you know, they were, they were just in high school. Well, two of the guys were just in yeah, high school. They were, yeah, they were in high school. They were like my age, and now they're in their early 20s, and they got this huge record, and they're on the Lava Records, and they're making all this money, and they're torn everywhere. It's really cool to see. Really cool. To yeah, see. and and they're really connecting with a young audience. When yeah, you look and at- whether you guys like it or not, Greta Van Fleet is at the top of the rock chain right now. They're they're for new bands. I would say new, yeah. no. There's no one that comes close to them. Yeah. They, I mean, well, maybe I, I would say Mammoth probably is. is well, no, yeah. well, t- I don't. I, I to me, I don't think it's really close because now. I, I see pretty much everyone listening to Greta Van Fleet. Everybody. They got almost 4 million monthly listeners on their Spotify account. And that's monthly. And last month, I think it was 3 million. And the month before that was 2 million. And the month before that. So they're definitely growing. And they're definitely getting more popular with the young audience. And that's what is definitely needed right now is exposure to the young audience. And Greta Van Fleet is just doing the best at that. Well, I think... It's that, important. That, that's a fact, by it, the way. And, and it's important to realize that a lot of the criticisms that come against Greta Van Fleet, and we hear it all the time, are, are from people my age or older. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's their opinion. They, they can have that opinion. But the bottom line is, like you just said, to kind of go to kind of to talk to what you just mentioned. It's your age that really matters, right? It's the, it's the 14 to 25-year-olds 
that really matter when, when a young band is growing their audience. You know, it's very hard to turn the switch on a classic rock fan and get them to listen to something new. But when you look at their TikTok videos or their Instagram videos and they do the they do a pan of the crowd, it's ninety percent. Yeah, I'd say average age there, like twenty 22, 23 years old. Yeah, I would say 18 to 22, yeah. you know, and, and uh, that's what matters. That's what's important because as those people get older, those kids get older, mm-hmm. they're going to be Greta Van Fleet fans when they're my age, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be Greta Van Fleet fans when they're in their 40s and their 50s. So I, I know the grumpy classic rock fans want to say this and say that. The bottom line is, is, is in terms of relevancy, when you talk about a band – connecting with younger people. Greta Van Fleet does it really well. The Struts do it really yeah, well. And you know what? To all the old people and all the old classic rock heads out there who don't want to go listen to Greta Van Fleet, you know what? Fine. Don't go, don't go listen to them because now there will be more seats at the venues for us to go and uh, we won't have to sit behind, excuse my language, but you're ungrateful talks and here you complain about Greta Van Fleet. So I'm actually, I'm actually grateful that a lot of classic rock fans don't like Greta Van Fleet because it's just a yap 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 talking about what's good, what's not. I'm tired of it. Yeah, and and you should have that perspective, right? Because this is your generation. We're talking about guitar heroes of the new generation. These are bands that these are of of, of your age, of your of your generation. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit different where I can listen to a lot of the younger bands and a lot of the newer bands and accept them for what they are. But, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, will just hammer that home all the time. And it is lazy. I mean, if you're still saying these things after their last album, if they're, oh, they're a Led Zeppelin clone, you, yeah, you're, 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 you're lazy. You haven't listened you're to idiot. it. You're an idiot. Well, I wouldn't go far as yeah, to say that. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> But what because do you, you sound, they sound like an idiot? They haven't listened to the album at all, and they still say the same stuff, even though their their albums before it just it's just a mess. It's just a mess. But go, I want to talk about their new album more. Well, and, what about his style? Well, uh, well, I mean, his style hasn't changed, right? But it's, what about his style that you like? Uh, I like how I I just like his guitar tone. I like how iconic it sounds and how distinguishable it sounds. From all the other guitar players and how how it has an old feel to it but yet it's young and it's prosperous and a lot of that is an influence from jimmy page and eric clapton that's by far his two biggest influences i believe and you can really hear that in the guitar playing not that it's saying that you know he's just sounds exactly like them but you know it's very important and it's a key detail in their music well yeah i would say page clapton i hear a lot of ACDC mm-hmm. in, in that stuff Oh, yeah, stuff he too. plays an SG, which yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Angus, yeah. Um, so I hear those influences, too, as well. Uh, when I, when you're talking about the Eric Clapton influence, yeah, I think a lot of stuff from, like, Cream and a lot of stuff mm-hmm. from Derek and the Dominoes. You hear, you hear a lot of vintage Clapton. Um, and you hear a little bit of the Stones, too, as well. There's, there's a little bit of Richard's influence, too, in, in his rhythm. Well, playing. Mick Taylor. Yeah. Mick Taylor. Yeah. yeah. But... Going back to the album, because I want to talk about the album more, they really introduced a lot of nature aspects and a lot of philosophy into their songs. Spiritual and, stuff. And yeah. we haven't really seen that before, ever, I don't think. We haven't really seen that 
you know, that heaviness mixed along with folk, mixed along with philosophy and the influence and in songwriting from nature. We have, we, I don't think we've ever seen that before in an album. And there's this one song that really depicts that perfectly is a song called uh, Trip the Light Fantastic, which is my favorite song off the new album. And do you know what that song's about? No, what is it about? So it's actually really interesting. So Trip the Light Fantastic is a phrase when you're really happy and you're dancing to music, but that's not the meaning of the song. The meaning of the song is a philosophical, okay, stay with me here, a philosophical meditation that helps achieve internal happiness. And you can, once you hear that with the lyrics and you know how it's about space and traveling really fast and beams of light, it's actually metaphoric for the feelings of achieving, achieving internal happiness within and the phrase "trip the f- trip the light fantastic" is sort of a celebratory dance to all this, and it's this. This is groundbreaking. This is mind blowing because it's v- completely different from the two other Greta Van Fleet albums and the songwriting and the lyrical aspects of those songs. That's interesting. It's it's a really about being centered. Basically, is yeah. you know, is achieving that happiness, that inner peace. That one that people strive for, and that's a really interesting take that you have on these lyrics, and it's a, it's a way great way to present a song, especially to young people, because you know people do try to find happiness, right? And and this is really about knowing yourself and having inner peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just enjoying everything. I think is basically their main message is just to find that happiness and just stick with it. So, and uh, do you think that's different from any of the other songs they've written in the past? Because I think that's just totally different. That just basically. Well, I think maybe the subject might be different, but they do have a very deep sense of writing. And I know, you know there was an there was an article about well, well, how Highway Tune and Safari Song those you know those songs don't have more than you know thirty words in it. You know right, that right? right thirty thirty five right. words. Trip the Light Fantastic, every verse has a different line and a different phrase besides the chorus. So comparing to that song, I'm guessing that song probably has close to 200 words in it. Oh, I don't know that. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of jam, a lot of stuff jam-packed in that, and it's, I like it. I love it. Well, I, I, it goes to this one review that I read when the album came out, it is how the lyrics were not that deep on the new album. And, and again, <laughs> uh, again, again, this is this is what you deal with with critics and you know the classic rock fan is they'll hear something and they'll make they'll make a quick judgment on it without really diving into it like you just did like you get you gave a perfect explanation of what that song is about what that means to you and how you interpreted the song from hearing that from listening to that. That song is really deep and has a, has multiple layers of con- and connects in a different way than most songs do. So when I think about that review that I read earlier this year of how the lyrics were kind of cheap and cheesy and all that kind of stuff, obviously as we talked about yeah, the, la- the laziness, <laughs> the laziness of people who, who review music. Who, who reviewed that? I don't remember the guy. I could probably find it afterwards. God, but, but what a nut! What a nutcase! Yeah. No, it's it, again. It's if you the, ever want an example of someone that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about, it's that guy. Well, it, it, again, it, it speaks to that laziness that with not just Greta, 
But with all the new bands that we talk about, mm-hmm. right, there's this elite elitism with classic rock bands that they don't believe anything after 1992 is good. Well, uh, another thing to point out is that's not going to be a thing for very much longer. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, whether that's if they decide to change their music taste or they or we move on from them, that's not going to be here forever. And I'm really hoping that comes sooner or later so that we can kind of get over this hump of really acceptance because acceptance in the rock community is, it's not. It's really weird. Yeah. You know, like we always talk about, you know, the rock community being a very accepting to a lot of different yeah, things. What, but, but what does that mean? But but in essence, though, when you really analyze it, it really, it really isn't. There's a lot of, there's a lot of elitism in, in, in the rock community that, you know, if you're an ACDC Van Halen, oh, there's no Led Zeppelins, there's no Van Halens, and there's not supposed to be another Led Zeppelin or another Van Halen or another ACDC. Mm-hmm. Each band is their own identity, and each band has something to offer. Now, whether you want to find a connection to it or not, that's up to you, and a lot of classic rock fans don't want to find that connection, and they kind of give blanket statements that are ridiculous, but again, we, you know, this is a battle that I've been fighting since I started this podcast. Yeah, we don't put up with uh, Greta Van Fleet haters on this podcast. We don't take, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't like that energy here. No, because I don't think it's it's right. I don't think it's undue. I mean, everybody wants to compare them to Led Zeppelin, but Led Zeppelin fans forget, and I'm the biggest Led Zeppelin fan. They're my favorite band, but Led Zeppelin fans forget when they're. Comp- when they're yeah, let's ragging on one and two is just basically well, not just one and two, but the, a lot of well, songs mainly one off. Led Zeppelin one and two is ripped off from old folk artists or oh, old Babe, I'm gonna leave artists. you is yeah. a rip off. Whole lot of love yeah. is a rip off. Um, I think the Lemon song is a rip off. Yeah, and I mean that's fine. They made those songs way better, and I take those Absolutely. Led Zeppelin versions every single day of the year over those other old and. Uh, what do you call? I I wouldn't say raggedy, but just you know, not really developed songs. Well, yet. just different styles of songs. But yeah, Led Zeppelin made those songs better, and you can't criticize Greta Van Fleet for taking not even ripping off Led Zeppelin songs at all. Not even I. Nobody has ever told me one rip off that sounds that Greta Van Fleet a part of Greta Van Fleet song sounds exactly like a Led Zeppelin song. I've never heard. I mean. You should email it to me at the Youth Rocks because I've never heard that in my life, an exact ripoff from a Led Zeppelin song. Compared to but Led Zeppelin. But they do did. have influence from Led Zeppelin. Yeah. There is an influence there, but not a total ripoff, which a lot of rock fans are, you know, totally misinterpret there. Totally. 100% off. Yeah. No, I think, um, you know, with Jay Kiska and his playing, I think you know, he does have a like I said, a, a similar yeah. tone, but also a, like you know, very modern too as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I think what you're saying is when you can, you can look at when the levee breaks, babe, I'm going to leave you a whole lot of love. A lot of these songs Zeppelin was taken to court for blatantly ripping them off. Yeah. I even stairway to heaven. They're number one. Well, song. Yeah. But that was ruled but that, in their favor. That didn't really sound a rip off, you know, but, but just to show you how. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know of, Greta Van Fleet ever been taken to court yeah. for, for ripping and anybody off? I don't think off. they ever will be taken to court, ever. If anything, other artists are going to be taken to court for sounding like Greta Van Fleet because they have such a big impact on the new rock community. They do. They do. And we'll end there. So, Jay Kiska, Greta Van Fleet, Nick Perry from Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves, and Justin Young yep. 
from South yeah. of Eden. All three great, phenomenal guitar players. All three great, phenomenal bands. And not just from you know, my opinion, but from the youth of today, the youth rocks, my 16-year-old son. I feel like every time we talk about Greta Van Fleet, we always talk about the rock fans that always compare to Led Zeppelin. It does. It is It is a familiar... I feel like next time we got to stay away from that topic because sometimes we get carried away. Yeah, I agree. We'll do that. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for, for doing the show. Yep. Thanks for coming back on. Yeah. Thanks for insulting my egg sandwiches this morning. I, they were just eh, you know? Eh. Like, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys right now, they're just eh. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just eh. those are phenomenal. I had sausage in there and cheese. Yeah, and next you got to put it on the grill next time. The whole sandwich so that the buns are like all crunchy and crusty. Well, it's a croissant. Not, the croissant is all soft and it's just well, you yeah, but you can't put heaviness on a croissant because it'll fall apart. Well, that's just a myth. No, it's not. Uh, have you ever done that to a croissant and it fell apart? No, my mm. sandwich was almost falling apart today. Well, that's because you didn't hold it properly. You were holding it with your feet. <laughs> Whatever, man. I thought they were good, so I won't make them anymore. All right, you can have your frozen waffles and your frozen pancakes. I'll just scrub hub some chocolate chip pancakes. Not you... allowed to eat chocolate chip pancakes. Why not? Because when we were four, when you were four years old, four or five, I took you to California. This is when I was four. This this was twelve years ago, and well, you had I, I allowed you to have chocolate chip pancakes for breakfast, and literally you were like an axe murderer the rest of the day. I was, how, how old was I? Four or five. And how many years ago was that? It was like 12 years ago, and you're still not letting me eat chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> but, it, you eat, but you eat your croissant with your, with your feet. I don't eat one of my feet. It gets all over the place. Um, uh, yeah, it, it scarred me for life. I get the shakes whenever I think of that moment. Oh, good. Good. All right. All right. When you're watching my grandkids, you know what they're going to be eating? Chocolate chip pancakes. My grandkids or your grandkids? Your grandkids. Okay. All right. Chocolate chip pink? No, no. You should not have chocolate chip anything for breakfast. It's not healthy. All right, everybody. That's the Youth Rocks. I'm Jay Scott. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for tuning in. And stay strong. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Are you going to play a trip? I'll I'll decide. All right. Goodbye. Bye.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 